0: What is up everybody? It is JT Sports. I am back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports podcast. On this episode, I want to be talking about the NFL's COVID outbreak. How will it impact the NFL playoffs? Why the Jacksonville Jaguars should hire Buccaneers offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich to be their next head coach? Who will win the AFC North? The Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Browns all have a shot at winning this division. Who's going to end up coming out on top with the season coming to a close? And lastly, we remain in the AFC North. I'm going to be talking about the Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh criticism. Now, if this is your first time listening to the JT Sports podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JT Sports underscore. And lastly, make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports, if you haven't already. The NFL is in the middle of a COVID 19 outbreak. Monday, The NFL had 51 players who were added to the COVID 19 slash injury reserve list, and last week, Thursday, December 17th, the NFL had 150 players who were also added to the COVID-19 slash injury reserve list. Now, the NFL has met with the NFL Player Association, and they've been trying to find a way to change the protocols to make it easier for these players to return back to action. And the question that I have is, what if the NFL can't get this COVID outbreak taken care of? How would this impact the playoffs? Like, think about it. Your favorite team could make it to the playoffs, and they could potentially be without several key players due to the latest outbreak. Like, imagine if you are a Bay Buccaneers fan, and the Buccaneers have to play in the wildcard round, and let's say, God forbid, Tom Brady tests positive for COVID, You potentially could be without your starting quarterback in the playoffs and without several key players. And it's really bananas about the situation that's going on right now because teams have to promote guys from the practice squad. They have to sign guys off the street, coaches are also testing positive for COVID-19. Like, the Browns just recently had to have a replacement head coach or interim head coach for their game against the Las Vegas Raiders because Kevin Stefanski came down with COVID-19, so he wasn't able to coach the game. You also had several games that have been moved to different dates, like the Raiders and Browns game originally was supposed to be played on Saturday. It got moved to Monday. There's also been a couple of other games that have been moved as well. So imagine if this COVID-19 outbreak continues and the NFL can't find a way to nip it in the bud. What's going to happen? Are the playoffs going to get put on hold? Like There was one person on Twitter who suggested that The NFL should take, like, a break before the playoffs start to allow everybody to recover so the outbreak doesn't postpone the playoffs any longer or they don't have to change any of the scheduling for the game. And I understand where he was coming from. Like, the idea sounds great, but you got to think about it. If you postpone the NFL playoffs and you move the playoffs a week back, What's the point of having the number one overall seed? Because having the number one overall seed is supposed to be an advantage because you don't have to play in the wild card. You get one full week to recover. If you move the playoffs back one week, every single team is essentially going to have a bye week. Every single team is going to have a chance to recover. Now you're probably going to say, well, JT, the number one seed is going to have a bigger disadvantage because now they're going to have two weeks to sit back, heal up, rather than having one. And I do understand that, but at the same time, you not playing football for two weeks can be a disadvantage because then you can be kind of rusty. You're going to have to get back into the flow of things. Like the NFL has to find a way to get ahead of this situation. Now, they have taken measures uh, according to this article on ESPN. The NFL's new protocol policy for COVID 19 by the NFL and the NFLPA will institute changes in the return to play COVID 19 protocols that will make it easier for players who are vaccinated and asymptomatic to return to practice and games. The previous protocols a vaccinated individual who tests positive for COVID 19 has to produce two negative tests, 24 hours apart before being cleared to return the nfl and nfl pa focus on a new metric that measures the viral load of a player known as cycle threshold aka ct the ct value can measure whether a player is still contagious even if In some cases, he would still test positive on a traditional case. The article also says that testing can begin as soon as one day after the initial positive and could significantly shorten the amount of time a vaccinated player spends away from the team facility. There are three ways that a vaccinated player can return under the NFL's new protocols. The first one is two PCR tests that are either negative or produce a CT value of 35 or greater. The second one is one PCR test that has either a negative or produces a CT value of 35 or greater and a negative MESA test result taking 24 hours of the PCR test. MESA tests usually take Around a couple of hours, maybe two or an hour less to get the results back. Or the third solution is they have two negative of tests. Now, a lot of NFL players have been heavily vocal about how the NFL has been handling this outbreak Baker Mayfield recently went on Twitter and voiced his frustrations and I know for fans especially me you have to be incredibly frustrated because imagine if you ended up buying tickets to the game to watch your favorite team play on Sunday and then the game gets rescheduled to Tuesday or Monday imagine if you end up buying a ticket and you can't make the game because maybe you have to work late that day or maybe you have some other things popping up that day like it's just a real Big inconvenience to the fans because you may not be able to make it to the game if it gets postponed or it gets moved back a couple of days. And for the players, I know they have to be incredibly frustrated because we're in the middle of the playoff hunt right now. Okay, the playoff chase is in full swing, and for the Browns and other teams, they're without several key starters due to COVID, which is impacting their chances of making it to the playoffs. And imagine if you get into the playoffs and one of or a couple of your star players end up testing positive because of this COVID outbreak. So for the NFL, I don't really understand why they just can't take like a one week intermission, allow everybody to go home, you know, quarantine or isolate, allow everybody to, you know, get a week off and then come back. Get the COVID 19 test and solve the situation that way because you don't want to be put in a situation where you're still having a bunch of players test positive for COVID come playoff time because then how's that going to affect the playoff scheduling? On top of that, you know, what if you have to move a playoff game from a Saturday or Sunday to a Tuesday? Then how's that going to affect, you know, the rest period? Are you going to have to move next week's game, to the divisional round to a Monday or a Tuesday? Like it's just a really crazy situation going on right now and to be quite frankly with you I don't really have an answer to how the NFL can solve this and that's why the title of the video is what it is it's the NFL's COVID-19 outbreak how will it impact the playoffs question mark because to be quite honest with you I don't really know but this doesn't really look good right now It still looks like a lot of players are still coming down with COVID-19. They're still testing positives. Some people are saying that the NFL needs to lessen the amount of times that they test players for COVID-19. Because sometimes, and this happened to me, you can have a false COVID test like I had a false COVID test. Um, I had to go ahead and get a COVID test this semester when I was at college because I thought I had like signs of COVID and the whole time I just ended up having the flu. So I ended up having a false COVID test, which I ended up having to miss days of class. I had to self-isolate. It was a giant inconvenience. Like I was telling people I had the flu, like I was feeling, you know, a little bit under the weather, but you know, had to take precautions, so I ended up having a false COVID test, when I took it again, like a day later, you know, I went off campus and took it somewhere else, and I came back negative, so, you know, If you're an NFL player right now, man, you have to be incredibly frustrated about how the NFL has handled this situation. I don't really feel like they've done a really good job. Now, a lot of fans are asking, you know, why are certain teams getting the benefit of having their games postponed when, you know, you look at the Denver Broncos last year, they ended up having to put Kendall Hilton, that quarterback, who ended up was a wide receiver. So it's just a giant mess right now and I'm really intrigued in seeing how this impacts the remainder of the season because there are a lot of teams right now who are without some key pieces at a very critical stretch because we're in the final portion of the NFL season there's only three weeks left and every game matters so you're without a couple of key players that's what could separate you from being in the playoffs and being outside the playoffs and for the other team it could be an advantage because maybe you don't have as many key players out due to covid as the opposing team that you're going to be facing so it could be advantage for the opposing team and it can also be a disadvantage for you depending on which team you're rooting for so the nfl has to find a way to get a hold of this situation i don't really know what they're going to do but i'm really intrigued in seeing how this outbreak impacts the nfl playoffs Now, as you guys already know, the Jacksonville Jaguars recently fired Urban Meyer after starting his NFL tenure with a 2-11 record. He got fired. They decided to part ways. A day after the story came out that Josh Lambeau came and told the world that Urban Meyer reportedly kicked him and told him to make his effing kicks. So now the Jacksonville Jaguars are back in the market for another head coach. And there have been a lot of rumors that one of their top candidates is Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. Now, Byron Leftwich has been the offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers since 2019. He's done a really good job. You look at what he's done with Tom Brady. You look at what he did with Jameis Winston. Even when Jameis Winston had his 30 interception season, the Tim Bay Buccaneers offense was still really good. He also was the quarterback's coach for the Arizona Cardinals from 2017 to 2018. And I really think that this would be a really great high For the Jaguars, because Byron Leftwich used to play for the Jaguars back in the day, he got drafted in the first round, seventh overall in the 03 NFL draft coming out of Marshall. He played like four seasons for Jacksonville from 03 to 06. He threw for 2,532 pass yards, 58 touchdowns, 42 interceptions, completing 57.9% of his passes, and he had a 24 and 26 record during his time as a starting quarterback for Jacksonville. He also spent spent time with the Falcons the Steelers and the Buccaneers as a backup so when you look at Byron Leftwich I think he would be a perfect fit for Jacksonville because when he already knows the city and on top of that you look at Trevor Lawrence you got to find somebody who can come in and say Trevor Lawrence and I've always been telling people this like what determines how successful a quarterback is in the NFL when they're drafted in the first round is the coaching staff there has never been a quarterback drafted in the first round that has been a bust when he was drafted by a team that had a good head coach now you look at Zach Wilson you look at Trevor Lawrence you look at Justin Fields they've all struggled this year their rookie seasons because their coaching staffs or the coaches that they have coaching them up haven't really been great meanwhile you look at Mac Jones who ended up getting drafted by the Patriots 15th overall this past year's NFL draft he's having the most success out of any of them because he's in the best situation with the best coaching staff. So it's really important that the Jaguars get this hire right. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been great. Not really all his fault. Urban Meyer... Don't really know what he was doing. Wasn't really giving James Robinson the touches necessary. Like, there was just a lot of mismanagement. And when you look at Byron Leftwich, he has been in that situation where he knows what it's like being a first-round pick, having the high expectations, and having that former quarterback background, that's going to help him coach up Trevor Lawrence. And I really feel like if the Jaguars are going to get the most out of Trevor Lawrence, I really feel like they're probably going to want to bring in an offensive-minded guy and Byron Lefkowitz would be the perfect person for that. And the Jaguars are a really appealing job because you do have a lot of young talent on this roster. You have Lavisco Chenault. You still are going to end up having Travis Etienne when he comes back from his injury. If James Robinson ends up going elsewhere. The offensive line does need some rebuilding. But you do have some nice young pieces on offense and defensively you do have some pretty good players also you got Josh Allen you got Miles Jack like there are some really nice young players on this Jaguars team and if they can get the right coach I definitely feel like they can get things headed in the right direction and Sean Conn is a really patient owner and I think that Sean Conn Is a really solid owner. I'm not saying he's the greatest owner, but I don't think he's a bad owner. Like Sean Khan is one of those people, like he hires you and he doesn't step on your shoes. He doesn't tell you what to do. He doesn't tell you who to draft. He doesn't tell you who to sign. He hires you and he allows you to do your job. And I think that's something that makes Jacksonville really appealing. The fact that, you know, Sean Khan doesn't always have his hand in a cookie jar because there are a lot of instances where we see owners hire these coaches and they uh and they don't really allow the coaches to do their job. So you look at Sean Khan, whoever he hires, he's going to be extremely patient. So if he hires Byron Leftwich, he's going to give him at least 3 4 years to build this thing up and get this thing rolling. And with Byron Leftwich, I know he hasn't really had a lot of experience when it comes to coaching. He's only been a assistant coach in the NFL for like 5 years but he has done a pretty good job and Bruce Arians brought him to Tampa Bay and he really likes him and maybe Byron Leftwich may be the guy to replace Bruce Arians when Bruce Arians ends up stepping down if he does end up stepping down maybe he could be the next coach of Tampa Bay or it could be Todd Bowles but When you look at Byron Leftwich, he's been asked about the Jacksonville Jaguars job a lot over the last couple of days during press conferences. One press conference he didn't answer. I think another one I saw a report saying that he walked out and then there was also another press conference when he addressed it. He said that he's only worried about trying to win the division and help this team win another Super Bowl. So it does look like Byron Leftwich is on the Jacksonville Jaguars radar. They also have interest in brian dable um the offensive coordinator for the buffalo bills and a couple of other candidates out there but i think that byron leftwich probably is their main target according to a lot of insiders in the nfl world jay Glazer said that um Byron Leftwich has a lot of push or he's getting pushed heavily to owner Sean Khan and a lot of people inside of the Jaguars organization. I definitely feel like the city of Jacksonville would like to hire Byron Leftwich. When you already know the fact that he played for Jacksonville. So I don't think that any Jaguar fans should be upset. And he's been a pretty good play caller. Now I don't really know how the play calling for Tampa Bay works per se. Because when Tom Brady signed with the Buccaneers. He had like a little stipulation in his contract. That he would have a little saying personnel decisions. And also in the play calling. So I don't really know how the play calling is really going. I don't know if Tom Brady's just calling all the plays. Or if Tom Brady calls also plays sometimes and byron left which is calling the plays i don't really know but byron Lefwich, i really felt like he did a pretty nice job in 2019 when Jameis winston was his starting quarterback felt like he did a pretty decent job trying to get the most out of Jameis winston overall it didn't really work out but he was still pretty effective and the offense was really good when you look at the buccaneers they've had some really good pass attacks especially when it comes to their ability to, to throw the football downfield a lot of big plays a lot of splash Plays, and that's something that Jacksonville hasn't really had a lot this year. They haven't really had those big plays down the field. A big reason for that is because they don't really have a lot of talent. The offensive line needs some fixing up. But if the Jaguars hire Byron Lethbridge, I think that it would be an incredible hire. Definitely want to see who he would bring in for his staff, who's going to be his defensive coordinator, who's going to be his quarterback, coach, and whatnot. But I definitely feel like having a former quarterback as your head coach, the groom, Trevor Lawrence, would be a big benefit for Trevor Lawrence, especially when you look at the fact that they both were first-round picks even though Trevor Lawrence went first overall, Byron Leftwich went seventh overall coming out of Marshall, he still knows what it's like to be a first-round pick, having a high expectations, how to manage that. And I think that he could be a pretty good influence for Trevor Lawrence as he tries to find a way to resurrect his NFL career. And it's really important that the Jacksonville Jaguars um, nail this higher because if they don't then you pretty much wasted your first round pick because if Trevor Lawrence ends up getting another head coach who isn't all that great then it's probably going to end up being you know his career going in a dumpster so this is a really big decision that the Jacksonville Jaguars must get right I personally if I was Sean Con, I would bring in Byron Leftwich. I think he would be perfect to be the head coach in Jacksonville we have three more weeks left of the 2021 NFL season and the AFC North has been the most competitive and the most interesting division to watch this year. You have the Bengals 8 and 6, the Ravens 8 and 6, the Steelers 7 6 and 1, the Browns 7 and 7. All four teams have a shot at winning this thing and it's really crazy because All four of these teams have played some of the toughest schedules in the NFL. You look at the Steelers, man. They got a pretty rough stretch. They got to play Kansas City. They got to play the Browns. You got to play the Ravens on the road. Then for Cincinnati, they got to play the Ravens. Then they got to play the Chiefs. Then they travel on the road to Cleveland. The Browns got to play the Packers on the road. The Steelers on the road. Then the Bengals. And you look at Baltimore. They got to play Cincinnati on the road. Then they got to play the Rams and the Steelers and it's really exciting to see the AFC North this competitive because I can't recall the last time the AFC North has been this competitive since what 2014, 2015-ish when you had Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore who were really good. Then you had Cleveland, I believe Cleveland. I forgot what year it was. It was the year before they drafted Or it might have been a year, it might have been, I don't remember, but it was one year when Cleveland ended up finishing out the year seven and nine. I don't know if it was Johnny Menzel's rookie season or not, or if it was before Johnny Menzel's rookie season. But it was one year when the AFC North was really competitive and all four teams were riding the thick and things. Now you look at all four of these squads. I think I'm probably going to have to side with the Ravens to win this division. That's crazy as that may seem. And I said this last week when the Ravens were defeated by the Cleveland Browns. I still picked them to win this division. And I know that the Ravens are banged up right now. Lamar's hurt. But they've had some pretty good play out of Huntley. I've been really impressed with him. A lot of people have pretty much been saying, dang, man, so you mean to tell me that the Baltimore Ravens had a great value brand version of Lamar Jackson on the bench the whole time? I guess they have. When you look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati is really interesting. Because they have, they're probably the most talented team in the division at the moment. Because the Browns, right now, are dealing with some injuries, the Ravens have been dealing with injuries all this year. Then you look at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh hasn't really had the injury bug as bad as teams like the Ravens and the Browns, they're just not really all that great. The main reason why Pittsburgh is in the position that they're in right now is because of Mike Tomlin. So, you look at all four of these teams, I really think that Baltimore is going to find a way to pull it off in the end. Now, they do have, you know, three tough games, but every team in this division has three three remaining games that are really tough. And somebody on Twitter tried to say, all four of these teams suck. No, they don't. Like, whoever wins this division... I believe is going to end up making it to at least the divisional round because all four of these teams have been battle tested. Like, all four of these teams have played some of the... strongest schedules in the league especially Pittsburgh like Pittsburgh has to travel on the road to Kansas City and Kansas City is red hot right now Baltimore has to play the Rams in two weeks so you look at the Browns they got to play Green Bay on the road in Lambeau in December so all four of these teams are really good teams now I have been incredibly surprised that the Bengals are In the position that they're in right now not entirely surprised because before the season began we knew they had talent we knew that this team wasn't going to be a pushover but when you look at cincinnati they have been fairly inconsistent at times they tend to start games out really sloppy so I don't really know how I feel about Zach Taylor still trying to figure out is he a good coach is he an average coach still trying to come around on him but I'm still going to have my money on the Ravens still winning this division the reason for that is because I trust John Harbaugh John Harbaugh has done a phenomenal job with the Ravens this year despite all of the injuries that they've had and I feel like the Ravens are going to find a way to pull this thing off now Cleveland is really interesting because right now they are in the midst of a COVID outbreak but hopefully when they get everybody back Cleveland has one of the most talented rosters in the league when everybody's healthy. You know, they have great starters from top to bottom. They don't really have a lot of holes. They also have great depth at every single position. They're deep at corner. They're deep when it comes to their defensive line. Their offensive line also has pretty good depth as well. Now, the question is going to be Baker Mayfield. How's he going to perform? Now, his play has kind of improved over the last couple of weeks. Remember, he was getting a lot of scrutiny. From from the national media because of his poor play during the month of November and before because he was banged up. Well, now you look at him playing better. You can't count out the Browns, but at the same time, I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know because they have two really tough games back-to-back away games on the road in Lambeau then you got to travel on the road to Pittsburgh like those are two really tough away games and you don't really want to close out your season having to play Green Bay in December and Pittsburgh and Hinesville in December those are the last two teams you want to play in December because they are incredibly tough to beat especially Pittsburgh then you look at the Steelers themselves I mean you got to go on the road and travel to Arrowhead now Pittsburgh has had a lot of success in the past on the road and kansas city when they travel to arrowhead stadium but that's a really tough game then you close it out with the browns and the ravens then for baltimore you got to play cincinnati remember the last time the ravens played cincinnati cincinnati pretty much mopped the floor with them gonna be interesting to see how their second rematch goes then you got to play the rams the rams essentially we all view as a super bowl contender so the team that probably has the easiest remaining schedule probably is nobody really because I mean Cincinnati they got to play B more then they got to play Kansas City the following week after Pittsburgh plays them this week so none of these teams have really easy schedules to close out the year so it's going to be really interesting seeing which team is going to be able to get hot during these last three games and whoever wins this division I believe is going to end up making it to the divisional round at least there are a lot of people that feel like whoever wins this division Is going to end up going one and done I don't really think that Now if Pittsburgh ends up winning the division Then I could see them going one and done But I can't really see Cincinnati Baltimore Cleveland really going one and done Even with the Ravens they have had a lot of injuries, but they have been a really tough outing. And hopefully by that point, if they do win this division, they do get into the playoffs. Lamar so Jackson should be healthy by then. So that should be an added boost. But overall, this division is really exciting. Like, you got to go ahead and grab your popcorn because we don't really know who's going to win this thing. I still got my money on Baltimore. And remind you, I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan saying this. I still believe in the Ravens. Like, they've done a phenomenal job. Like, John Harbaugh, if they make it into the playoffs, definitely should be in the running for coach of the year. You can say the same thing with the Steelers. If they find a way to get in, Mike Tomlin should be coach of the year. But we've seen some really good coaching out of all four of these teams. You look at Cincinnati, I've been pleasantly surprised with how good they've been this year, even though they have have had games when they gotten a little bit sloppy in the first half, i.e. that Los Angeles Chargers game, which they ended up finding a way to come back, but then landing game, the Chargers were able to pull away. But I'm still taking the Ravens to win this division. You guys let me know who you guys have winning this division down in the comment section down below if you are watching this on YouTube. And make sure that you check out the JT Sports podcast. A lot of you guys don't know this, but. Every single video that is uploaded on the channel is available on every single podcasting platform and audio format: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. All you got to do is go to the description down below, scroll down, and it will have all the links to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcast platforms. Or you can go to whichever podcasting app or platform you like to listen to your podcast on. Type in the JT Sports Podcast and it should pop up. Also, make sure that you leave a five-star review. Like the video and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. Last thing I want to talk about. Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh have gotten a good amount of criticism from their fan bases this year. Remember when Pittsburgh tied with the Detroit Lions, there were a lot of Steeler fans that were on social media saying that they wanted Mike Tomlin gone, and with the Baltimore Ravens losing to the Green Bay Packers, they decided to go for the win instead of going for the game-tying field goal and playing for overtime, and they've gotten a lot of backlash. Now, I don't feel like Either, any of these coaches need to be fired. Their jobs are not in the hot seat. But I kind of feel like the criticism these coaches have had about them have kind of been a little bit, unfair because like most of the criticism about John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin is the fact that they have underachieved over the last couple of years which I can understand that you go back to 2019 when Lamar Jackson had his MVP season and they ended up getting knocked out by the Cinderella story which was the Tennessee Titans that year that left a lot of Baltimore Ravens fans really upset because that was a year that a lot of people felt like Baltimore could finally win the Super Bowl for the first time in a while. Then you look at Pittsburgh. When it comes to Mike Tomlin, everybody brings up the fact that he wasn't able to do anything when he had Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Big Ben all in their primes, and they came up short. The closest they ever came to sniffing the Super Bowl was when they got blown out by the New England Patriots in the AFC Conference Championship game. But when you look at these two coaches now, I feel like they have been coaching some of their best football that they've ever had. And you guys got to remember that These are two of some of the longest-tenured coaches in the league. Mike Tomlin has been a head coach for Pittsburgh since 2007, and John Harbaugh has been a head coach for the Ravens since 2008. So, with these fan bases, you know, they're kind of tired of them, they kind of want to give somebody else a shot, but... I want to tell you guys that if you're a Ravens or a Steelers fan and you think that your team should make a switch at head coach, the grass isn't always greener on the other side because these two coaches have been coaching their tails off. Like, the Ravens are 8-6 and six right now. And remember all of the injuries that they had, even before the season began. Like they lost like four of the running backs, all of them went down. Then you lose like Marcus Peters, then Marlon Humphrey gets injured. Now Lamar's injured. Like the Ravens, the be in the position that they are right now to not only have a chance of making it into the playoffs, but also having a shot at winning this division is a testament to how great of a job John Harbaugh has done. And you guys already know how I feel about Mike Tomlin. Like Mike Tomlin over the last three years has been probably the best or the second or third best coach in the league you gotta you gotta remember in 2019 he went eight and eight with doug hodges who was a undrafted rookie free agent in mason rudolph he went eight and eight last year exceeded everybody's expectations the Pittsburgh not only made it to the playoffs but they also won the division like Mike Tomlin has been exceeding expectations because a lot of people weren't really expecting Pittsburgh to win more than five or six games this year there were a lot of people who felt like Pittsburgh was going to end up having their first losing season ever under Mike Tomlin and that hasn't happened now they have had some performances like against the Detroit Lions when you're like oh Pittsburgh should have won that game but overall I don't really feel like the criticism right now is based off recent performances I feel like the criticism about John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are always about, you know, what happened three, four years ago. You guys got to get over that. We got to look at what's going on this year. I know that you probably get upset when you see Baltimore going for it to win the game. But one thing that I really like about John Harbaugh is the fact that Anytime there is a critical moment in the game, a critical fourth down situation or a critical situation when they think about going for it on two, he always asks his players, you know, what do you want to do? And there are a lot of coaches who don't do that. A lot of coaches just go ahead and make the decision based on what they feel is right. But the fact that John Harbaugh trusts his players enough that he wants to ask them and ask for their input and actually does what they tell him to, like it's real, like it's really heartwarming like there was a clip that went viral um a couple of days ago after their loss to green bay although they lost the game like before they went for it on two john harbaugh went up to his offense on the sideline he said hey do you guys want to go for it they said yeah let's go for it now i don't um, have any issues with going forward on 2 to win the game. As a matter of fact, I am somebody who always advocates for coaches to try to win the game instead of playing for overtime. You play to win. You don't play to lose. And if you play in overtime there is a possibility that you may not even get a chance to win the game because you might not even get the ball first. So the opposing team could get the ball first and they could just go down the field, score a touchdown, and game over. So I'm always a big advocate of coaches being aggressive, going for it on fourth down, going for it on, on two-point convergence. However, didn't really like the play call. I, For the life of me, I don't understand why teams call play action, rollouts, or bootlegs in the red zone. It makes no sense when you could have ran the ball. You could have did the read option with Tyler Huntley. Like, there's so much you can do. But the players, after, you know, the two-point conversion failed, they came up to him. Mark Andrews said, great call. You get what I'm saying? Like, John Hallbar loves his players, and the players love him, and the Bravens have built a family atmosphere up there In Baltimore. And I really don't feel like it's gonna get any better than that. And on top of that, when you look at Pittsburgh, the same thing, like Mike Tomlin has been doing a phenomenal job. The Steelers team, because to be honest with you, this is probably a five or six win team without Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin squeezing all the juice out of Big Ben, not having a lack, not having a great offensive line. The defense has kind of underperformed at times this year, especially when you look at the linebacker play. But yet they still have found ways to win games against great quality opponents like there weren't really many people who saw the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to pull off the upset against Tennessee now albeit you know they went kind of ugly they still find ways to win big games against teams that nobody really gives them a chance at beating same thing with John Harbaugh. when you look at what these two coaches have done this year it's been really phenomenal and I think that both the Steelers and the Ravens are heading into a really good place from a talent standpoint going into the next couple of years, I definitely feel like Pittsburgh and the Ravens are going to have a legitimate Super Bowl window opening up for them. Now, the Ravens, you probably could say they already have a Super Bowl window with Lamar Jackson, and if they're able to stay healthy for a whole entire year, they're probably riding that conversation. For Pittsburgh, you definitely have to find, you know, a new answer at quarterback with Big Ben getting up there in age, but you do have some great young talent, some great young talented pieces. You got Deontay Johnson, who is emerging. You got Najee Harris, who should be in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year. You got a really good um, defense. Still got Cam Hayward. You got T.J. Watt. You got Mega Fitzpatrick. There are a lot of great pieces, great young pieces on this Steelers team. And I think if the Pittsburgh Steelers can figure out the quarterback situation and, you know, improve the offensive line a little bit, they definitely can be right back in that Super Bowl window. So I definitely feel like for the next four to five years after this season, the Ravens and the Steelers are going to be set to be in prime position to make a legitimate run at the Super Bowl because they have great young rosters. They have young players who should be entering their prime year. So I think the best is yet to come. And when you have coaches who have been... Um, coaching a team for a very long time, and fans, you know, feel like the team isn't having the success that they feel they have. They start getting impatient, and that's when you start seeing fans like what happened after the Green Bay game start going on on social media and saying that he needs to be fired. Like, John Harbaugh, if he was going to get fired, he should have been fired like a couple of years ago, but he's still here, and I think he's done a really good job. He's assembled a really good coaching staff, even though. The status of Greg Roman returning next year, we don't really know, but overall, the Ravens have done a phenomenal job with what has happened this year with all the injuries they have. It's amazing that they're 8-6. and six. With any other coach, the Ravens probably only have three or four wins right now. When you look at Pittsburgh, same thing can be said. Without Mike Tomlin, the Steelers are probably only a 3-4 win team. As a matter of fact, the only reason why I predicted Pittsburgh to make it to the playoffs before the season was because of Mike Tomlin. So, you look at the criticism that they have underachieved, I think that's a narrative that's based on what has happened in the past. Based off this season, these coaches have overachieved, in my opinion. They have, you know, exceeded expectations because I don't really think anybody expected Baltimore to still be in the running considering all the injuries they had and nobody really expected Pittsburgh to be in this position of even winning more than five or six games this year because they didn't really have that much talent so these two coaches right now are coaching some of the best football that they ever had so the criticism of them underachieving I think that's a past narrative that is kind of played out now because if we're judging them based on what has transpired this season and the last two seasons they have overachieved and if Baltimore can stay healthy like that's the issue with Baltimore last year they also had a couple of injuries if Baltimore can stay healthy this is a team that not only is probably one of the most talented in the league but this is probably a team that could be in the running for making it to the Super Bowl if they could stay healthy that's really the only thing holding Baltimore back really and you know the offensive coordinator Greg Roman his inability to develop a efficient passing game but overall like I kind of feel like the criticism of them underachieving has kind of played out. I feel like both John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin are coaching some of the best football they've had in their whole entire coaching careers. And I feel like the best is yet to come. I feel like the Steelers and the Ravens are both going to be reemerging in that Super Bowl conversation next season. So you guys let me know how you guys feel about Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. Do you guys feel like the criticism of these two coaches are fair? Or do you guys feel like the criticism of these two coaches are deserved you guys let me know down in the comment section down below, and I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Make sure that you guys leave a five-star review. If you enjoyed this episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you go ahead, like the video, subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. A lot of you guys don't know this, but every single video that is uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on every single podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Google podcast wherever you get your podcast from the JT sports podcast is available all you gotta do is type in the JT sports podcast on any podcasting service and it should pop up or you can go down to the description down below scroll down and the links to the podcast should pop up I appreciate you guys for listening and watching and I will see you guys with another episode of the JT sports podcast